Welcome to In the Newsroom, a podcast by the East Oregonian and Hermiston Herald. I'm editor Andrew Cutler, and today I have here in studio uh, Kathy Aney, a reporter here at the East Oregonian. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Andrew. Thanks so much. Yeah. Good to be here. Glad to have you. Well, Kathy, I thought we'd uh, take some time and talk about a story you had in Saturday's paper, a spike in calls, uh, a, a grim subject taking a look at uh, suicide and the rate in the era of COVID-19. Um, it's kind of to get started. Why don't you tell us sort of the how this story came to be and sort of what the what you were looking to accomplish with it? Yeah. Um, so I'm. I think that it came up one of our staff meetings um, that we have every morning, and someone had, if I'm remembering this correctly, um, had heard that the Portland Police Department had um, been having an uptick in calls, suicide-related calls, and of course, you know, we started relate wondering if. Um, our local police departments were experiencing the same thing. Um, and it kind of just went from there. Yeah, of course, I did um, talk to our local police chiefs and uh, Pendleton Police Chief Stuart Roberts and Hermiston Police Chief Jason Edmiston. And um, I think we're maybe a little behind or uh, neither one of them had really noticed an uptick in calls, but both of them suspect that that's going to coming down the line because um, the number of mental health calls had actually risen. I think with Hermiston, um, he said that the number of suicide-related calls uh, had actually gone down, but the number of mental health calls had gone up about 60% um, from the year before in March. Is that all attributable to COVID-19? Were they able to put their finger on it uh, one way or the other? Um, you, you know, right now they're just kind of going along with the rest of us and trying to figure things out. And so, no, they don't really know. It'll be interesting to watch as we go forward. Um, but anyway, that's what got me started. And um, I talked to Kimberly Lindsay. She's the uh, executive director at Community Counseling Solutions, and that's based in Hepner. And that agency provides mental health care for for four Eastern Oregon counties, and um, she's quite passionate about preventing suicide. One reason is because there's been um, suicide in her family. Her father died of suicide, and uh, she was able to tell me some things. Um, she was able to sort of look ahead and maybe predict a little bit about how the suicide rate is going to increase, and um one of the reasons is that she, you know, she's looking back and she says that history is one of the greatest predictors of whether the suicide rate will rise or not. And she said you only have to look back and, um, you know, look at the stock market crash in 1929 and, and see how that led to the Great Depression, which um, led to an increase in suicide. And only, you know, 10 years ago or so, we had the the Great Recession, and that led to, uh, I'm trying to remember the number she told me, but it was pretty amazing, like 10,000 you know, suicides. And um, so there is kind of a historical relationship between, you know, um, unemployment and really bad financial times and the suicide rate. Kind of outside stressors, really can play a huge role yeah apparently and so that was an eye-opener so in your story when you talked to Kimberly Lindsay you mentioned that uh, she, or she mentioned that um, 
public health agencies like hers need to prepare for the likelihood of a spike in suicide uh, in suicide calls? Uh, how are they right. doing that? Well, in Kimberly's organization, um, Community Counseling Solutions, they actually two years ago started, um, they hooked up with an organization called Zero Suicide. And um, it's kind of a strategy to get everybody kind of aware of um, how you can deal, how you can help somebody who is depressed. And so, and her organization and any organization that um, signs up for zero suicide strategy, um, you, um, it affects everybody in the whole organization from the, you know, the person that does the maintenance all the way up to the board members. And um, they go through training uh, on how to deal with suicide, how to talk to somebody who's depressed. And they, um, I think it's QPR, um, question, persuade, refer. Um, everybody takes that training and just get trained up in it. And then eventually um, CCS will kind of turn outward and go out into the community and train leaders up in that whole, the whole philosophy and um, techniques too. They haven't quite gotten there yet. They were just about to when COVID hit. And uh, now the trainings that they had schedules are probably going to have to do them online. They'll still get to do them. But um, so, yeah, it's it's quite a, an amazing uh, strategy. It's, it's been proven to, to really make a difference. So one of the more interesting uh, things I've took away from your story was a, a quote you had from Sharon Keene, the manager of the David Rompree Oregon Warm Line. Uh, she talked about uh, how many calls a day the Warm Line was averaging prior to COVID-19, and now they're up to 300 calls a day. That's quite a spike. Yeah, it's it's been a lot more calls that they've had. And um, yeah, Sharon said that they've actually had to hire a lot more people to take the calls. And most every call, COVID is mentioned somewhere in the call. It is definitely a stressor. I mean, not every, that's not the main reason for some of the calls, but but COVID is, it seems, always mentioned in most of them anyway. Um, and, and it seems like people are, are fearful and anxious about a lot of things. Um, you know, people are worried about their health. They're worried about the health of their elderly parents or grandparents. You know, they're worried because they um, they lost their job or... They're worried about the stock market crashing. Um, you know, it's they're worried because they're, or they're just depressed because they're isolated. And um, anyway, there's so many, so many reasons that people are calling in and they're anxious and they're afraid. Okay. So even with, even with those, the increase in calls and all the anxieties that you just mentioned, does that necessarily translate into a higher su suicide rate? So really the jury is kind of still out on, on whether the suicide rate is going to be affected or not. I mean, this is a situation that we've really never had before. Yes, we've had the stock market crashes and other really um, bad financial times, but we've never had one wrapped up in a pandemic before. And and really, uh, we don't know. And uh, I was talking to, to Dwight Holton. He's the CEO for Lions for Life, which is a, a series of, I think it's like five different hotlines or warm lines and they have a specific one that's for suicide, and it's the they are contracted for the state of Oregon to, to handle the suicide line. And so far, it's remained really flat, which 
you know, and you may not expect. While the other the other warm lines have gone kind of crazy, they've just blown up with calls about anxiety and depression and various things. Um, so really, why why is that happening? Dwight said, possibly it's because we are doing things like you know checking in with our college friend that we haven't seen for a decade, you know, and we are checking in on our neighbors, we're checking in on our elderly, you know, relatives. We're we're just basically getting in touch with each other. And um, I think he gave an example of he has a group of college buddies who they email around, and they don't really ever actually see each other. They just email. And recently they've been getting together for, um, you know, video sessions. They maybe drink a beer and just talk about how each other's doing. And um, that was an example he said of these people kind of coming together and, and uh, trying to combat the isolation. So who knows? Maybe that's one of the reasons. Or maybe it's just taking a while to, to really come upon us. Um, I don't know. I, I was listening to a podcast the other day that, that actually Kimberly Lindsay sent me. She sent it to me, not because not for the story or anything, but just because she thought it might, might be good for somebody like me who's kind of marinating in um, COVID-19 all day long, which isn't necessarily always that good. Um, so it was this woman, she's a researcher named uh, Brene Brown, and she uh, works in Houston, Texas, and she is a, like a speaker and a, and a writer, and she researches like human emotions and how humans interact, and she was talking about COVID-19 and you know, kind of made an analogy of a storm or a flood or fire or maybe somebody in your family died. And anyway, you go through this time of emergency and your adrenaline rushes and everybody works together and, and uh, you know, people help other people. And then you're over the kind of over the shock and then the long slog sort of begins. And um, she, was, she was saying, you know, now we're starting this long slog and we're, you know, we're sort of, all of us are so tired and sort of communally weary, you might say. And we don't really know how this is going to end. We don't have any sort of model to prepare us for really how long it's going to take and what form it's going to take. And, um, you know, I think that's true. And, and that's a lot of what, what I'm finding from my mental health, health experts that I'm talking to is, you know, we just so much uncertainty out there and people are freaked out <laughs> by it and they're worried and they're fearful and I don't know it's it's like I know that there's a lot of people out there that have it so much worse than me you know there's the people on the front lines and there's the people that are sick with COVID people that have lost people because of COVID there's you know, people who are home with their homeschooling their kids and, and uh, so many other things. But but even someone like me, I'm, we're all in this together and we're all we're all feeling this. And it's and it's weird and it's um, tiring and we don't know where it's going to go. And uh, and that I don't think any any of the mental health experts could really tell me where for sure <laughs> that things are going, you know, and. 
but it was it's pretty interesting hearing them speculate. So I'm curious if any of the uh, experts you talked to, did they offer any tips, anything that people can can do to kind of take their mind off of whatever is stressing them? Well, of course, they talked about uh, social distancing, which they prefer to call physical distancing, um, and then the importance of you know reaching out to others. Because even though we're sort of physically isolated, this is the worst time, they say, to, to really be socially uh, apart from others. Um, so, yeah, go through your contact list on your phone and see, you know, if there's people that you could reach out to. One of the things they talked about is, you know, being able to help somebody else really does help you, you yourself. Um, they also talked about, yeah, the importance of exercise, at least, you know, get outside and move, breathe in some fresh air, um, you know, do things, uh, find a ritual, like if you're the kind of person that, you know, you know, stick to a schedule, I guess. You know, if you're the kind of person that gets up early and, and goes to bed early, you know, keep doing that and, uh, you know, eat right. And just anything you can do to keep your body, you know, in, feeling good. So, of course, Kathy, I, I would imagine that if, if anybody who's listening to this podcast is feeling uh anxiety or overwhelmed um we are going to have some numbers of some hotlines and warm lines in our description for this podcast um and i we would Good. sincerely encourage anybody to uh not bottle it up inside and just hold on to it but to give somebody a call and try and walk work your way through it um Good. so i know you're working on on a couple of other stories a couple of the other follow-ups um what are those topics and what are you finding out so far yeah, well, the next one, the first one was on suicide, of course. And the next one is more of a general story on mental health and COVID. Um, and the, the last story is I kind of narrowed in on, on loneliness. And I think the reason I did that is because uh, one of the lines for life, uh, warm lines, is it's called the senior loneliness line. And that particular line has kind of like blown up. I mean, they, first of all, they were just offering it to Clackamas County and it, um, it had had a big uptick in calls and the state decided to, to, um, contract them to actually do it for the whole state because it appeared that that was a, a definite need. It's kind of understandable why it might be, you know, there's people out there who need, who are lonely. Right. And, um, so I decided to look into a little more into, um, you know, talk to some people in the local area who are likely lonely, who are living by themselves, and um, or who are in maybe an assisted living place or some kind of senior living facility, and they um, now cannot see their families anymore, at least in person. You know, and um, oh, just for example, I found um, a gentleman who lives by himself. He's about sixty-ish. His wife is in Juniper House in Pendleton, and um, she's got Alzheimer's. She's got early onset Alzheimer's. And they, both of them were ministers for the Methodist Church. They worked together. And um, so I reached out to him. His name's Matt Henry. And um, had a, just a super interesting conversation with him about what it's like. I mean, he uh, has to go... The only way he can see his wife, really, is to go to Juniper House and, and walk around 
behind the building and a nurse brings his wife Amy to uh, into a room and they try to speak with each other like through the glass and it's hard and you know she's got Alzheimer's and she's pretty confused about it but he's doing the best he can um, and that's only one little example of how COVID has kind of increased loneliness quotient for for people um, I, I'm still kind of working on that one but we'll see see where it leads I'm sure there's plenty of examples out there that we'll never know about yeah. of people just trying to deal with this in their own their own way mm-hmm. certainly not a, a easy topic to to delve into but you did a great job with Saturday's uh, story I'm looking forward to the, the next couple of ones all right thanks so much Andrew this has been in the newsroom Kathy appreciate you joining us we'll talk to you next time all right thanks so much
All right. Well, this has been in the newsroom. Uh, Kathy Aney with our top. Uh, Did they give you any tips, anything that you can do to kind of take your mind off of COVID-19 or the stressors that you're facing or any anything they shed that way? Don't do that last part. That was stupid. <laughs> After she finds her notes, yeah. Because I got all the paper shuffled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't know it picked them up that well. But can you explain? I organize myself better. <laughs> Just like... Um, okay, I'm going to wing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Um, so you want me to ask it again? Yeah. Yes.
and There were like a couple other big things. Was there? Those were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Can we end it there? Or, I mean, the question. Yeah. Okay. Are you good with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, I feel like we should talk. This is not on. The, I feel like we should, you know, if you are suffering, if you are feeling, do you have any net numbers? To, do you have any of the phone numbers they can call? Oh, can we put, idea, can we put um, a link to, or can we put names and phone numbers in with the podcast somewhere? Uh, we can put them in the description for sure. I can try and pull up a list here. That would probably be better than them having to go back and listen to them, okay. I'm thinking. Yeah, so we can, I can just, just refer. If we have a couple, we can put in that uh, description that we'll put mm-hmm. in the podcast. Okay, and that, so that's well. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing we haven't talked about is loneliness, which is my last story. Well, I'm going to ask you, so what's coming up? So. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. If we do want to do, like, a sentence or plug that, we're going to put that information in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will do that. that.